0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Ken Lewis. Ken, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Ken is the CEO of AppMex the largest precious metals retailer in north america he's working to provide customers the first ever online marketplace with the best digital precious metal products available today excited to have you on ken tell us a little bit about your personal life some more about your work and why you do what you do
1: (laughs) well i'll tell you what i think the one thing I've, i've always been raised in retail and uh always enjoyed finding ways to bring value to consumers and be able to serve them in a way that they remember the experience. And and that's just been my foundation from the very beginning, even when I was 14 years old bagging groceries back in the day. And uh, and frankly, that's one of the reasons why I like where I'm at today is it's a company that was built on service, built on uh, taking care of the customer first and foremost. And uh, I, I've never seen a company fail that does that. And it's something that I've always tried to do throughout my career. And, and it gives you a little bit of background on my
0: so excellent well I appreciate that very much the grocery business is a good way to get started At age 14 (laughs) huh
1: nice yeah bagging groceries man walking it out to the car hoping for a tip if you if you did the right thing all right
0: okay perfect (laughs) so precious metals gold I, I don't want to say that precious metals are being overshadowed by any stretch of the imagination but certainly cryptocurrency has been on the tip of everybody's tongue, at least it was up until there was a big correction in the pricing. Why, why would you say that precious metals are still a great and suitable place for people to be investing in today?
1: You know, I tell you what, and we are we always a little careful about giving financial advice and encourage everyone to do their own own reading and research. But, uh, you know, one of the things about crypto, and I think people know this, is you know, they don't have a lot of intrinsic value. Uh, how they're priced and what you can tie it to is, is difficult to do. It's, it's almost like gambling. It was, you know, riding a wave and seeing how, how it would work out. There have been, you know, evolutions in that with stable coins and other concepts that are actually backed by assets, which I think is a step in the right direction. Um, obviously they still haven't addressed regulatory issues when it comes to, to cryptos. And I think that's still a concern for that type of investment. Um, but when you look at gold and, and you look at silver, I've always had the view and, and I think it's one that is supported by many analysts out there is that you just look at it as a, as a portfolio, um, you know, a diversification strategy, you know, you shouldn't put all your money in, in, in gold and silver, uh, but you'd be silly not to put some of it in there because it has a natural. Performance where it's kind of a reverse um, um, reverse correlation to uh, to, the, to the to the equities market, so which most people put their money in. So it's a it's a really good strategy when you're looking for diversification and and frankly we've seen more awareness in gold where more consumers are, are coming around uh, to, to it as an option. And frankly, then it's just a matter of, well, how do you take a position in gold? Do you take it in physical? Do you take it in digital? Or do you take it in paper, which is like an ETF? And I think that really just depends on the consumer and, and, and what level of comfort they have.
0: Fair enough. I, I appreciate everything you just said. So um, if we could just break down those those three ways to, to really own it, physical, digital, and paper, um, I think fundamentally, I, I understand that I can buy a, a precious metals ETF or a gold ETF, and I understand how I actually own that. <clears throat> or um, So how how does it actually work if I'm going to take physical possession of it?
1: You know, it's it's interesting. So the, the paper side of it, there's a lot of uh, concerns out there for those that really believe in precious metals and that nine times out of ten, I think most people would say they don't think that the metals backing the ETF. Now, there are some out there that I know do. But when you think about GLD, the big guy on the block, there's a lot of concerns about the fact that there isn't really metal backing it. What if we had another event like 2008 where the banks had some struggles? The fact of the matter is that the bank is holding those metals as well. Um, I think there's a lot of concern about that. Add to that, you know, obviously the the operating cost of, a, of an ETF, and then the fact that it isn't always tied to precious metals; it can trade at a discount or a premium at any given point in time. So it's a little bit unpredictable in that regard. When you talk physical, physical is a little different. It, it, it generally ties to precious metals, or It ties to the to the comics, if you will. Um, you pay a premium because the product takes there's a cost to fabricating it. But what consumers love about physical is they just like the idea of having it in their home, in a safe, or even putting it in storage, knowing that it's kind of off the grid, if you will. It's kind of like holding cash almost. It's a there's a comfort in having it in your in your personal possession. Um, I you know I always caution people to make sure they're taking protective actions when they do that. Uh, The cost of ownership is really, you know, an opportunity cost more than anything, um, nine times out of ten. So it's a a low-cost way of taking a position. Uh, The challenge on physical, obviously, is to liquidate that position. is a little more complicated um, than just uh, selling hitting a button and selling an ETF. And so that's the one probably negative on physical is that, and sometimes the spreads, depending upon who you're selling it to, you can also see a little bit of a spread difference when you go to sell.
0: Yeah, I certainly have to imagine that is, it is is, is there a way to know the average length of time that, that, that people will hold on to?
1: <laughs> it's, a question. it's a great question. Actually, it's funny. You know, at Atmax, we, we have storage product. I think we have about, I don't know, 150, 200 million dollars under, under storage where people ask us to hold their metals and we, we use a, a Brinks facility here in the U.S. And we, we analyze that to see how long people actually hold the metal in that platform and, and do they, you know, do they turn that inventory quickly? And the reality is people who own physical metal, you know, we, we kind of think about them as in four buckets. Um, but more common across all four buckets is most people tend to hold it for an extended period of time. Uh, people don't look at taking a position of precious metals and then liquidating within six months. They tend to look at it as a long-term uh, strategy um, a lot of people even look at it as a way to pass on their wealth to their children. Um, it's a it's a very easy product to be able to do that with. And so it, it has a lot of attractiveness from a, a long-term holding standpoint. So I think we've looked at it, the average holding period in our Citadel products, north of three years, and uh, and frankly, it's probably longer than that if I give it more time to analyze.
0: Got it. appreciate that. That certainly makes sense to me. Uh, just to circle back on the idea that uh, the precious metal ETFs, um, specifically, I don't know if, if we should be specifically referencing the the, the GLD mm-hmm. that it's not tied to actual gold why why is
1: that so my understanding and, and the way a lot of the ETFs work is um, they convert to a, to a fractional element, if you will, of metal. And so there's a correlation, if you will, to the spot price of what that metal trading at on the, on, the, uh, on the open exchanges. But the negative is, depending upon the interest level of consumers in that particular ETF, it can actually trade at a discount or a premium based on what the market conditions drive. Um, there are some products out there today, and I won't name those, but anyone can do the research, that could be literally trading at a 3% to 4% discount to spot right now, which, if you time it right, you can actually buy at a 3 to 4% discount, and eventually, if supply and demand shifts and, and gold's in really hot demand, you might see it now trading at a premium, so now you've made money on the spread. Not just on the metal value going up or down, so so it's the uh, it's a uh, it's definitely not always tied to it based upon supply and demand. Now that ratio, depending on what you look at, I've seen it three to four percent gaps. I've seen it at fifty bips. Uh, I've seen it right at spot. So it it really varies depending upon the ETF.
0: Got it. So what? Okay. So if you're able to buy it at a discount, that certainly would be good. Then if 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 the price went went up uh, significantly right, right. What, what is it that influences the price of gold and, and other precious
1: metals you know economists have been analyzing that for years <laughs> and uh and i you know it's funny I, I i there's a there's a gentleman with hsbc that i get to listen to every year and, and give us his, his his views and he's he's a funny individual because what he basically says is you know what i'm telling you today i'm gonna tell you something completely different next year and mm. Um, and because when you go back and look at it, and you look at all the correlations of data, things just change. But there are a few things that do tend to be pretty consistent when you look at the value of gold. Um, the, probably the one that I'm holding on to the most right now is the value of the dollar. When the dollar is on the higher side, gold tends to to not perform as well. When dollar when the dollar is decreasing um, in its value, you find that gold tends to grow in value. That's one correlation that seems to be holding true fairly consistently over the last few years. Um, other obviously other things that look at you look at are things like the economy and the equities markets, and how are they trading? Um, you know they're. They're close to all-time highs right now. When you look at it from a multiple standpoint, a multiple earnings standpoint, what tends to happen is when the equities markets obviously start to have some pullback, uh, precious metal pricing tends to go back the other way. It works kind of inversely to that. Um, There are geopolitical events, people will say, that always have an impact. Basically when stability of the economy is in question, you know, look, look, the Fed recently have kind of reversed their position pretty dramatically over the last six months. Almost from a historical standpoint, you don't see this happen as much uh, in history as as you've seen more recently, where they are talking about rate increases, and now they're talking about potentially even going back and and stimulating the economy potentially down the road here. That's a pretty radical change, and and that takes consumers tend to want to go to safe haven type investments like gold, because they look at what is the future, what's inflation going to do, what are interest rates going to do, is the economy going to start to struggle, and when that starts to happen, people tend to want to migrate over to gold, and that tends to drive the price of gold up.
0: Got it. And I think that that makes sense. And that's probably one of the really traditional things that people will hear about precious metals is that it is a safe haven. So yeah. I, I, uh, I I don't know these, these numbers, these statistics, but <laughs> I recently heard about how um, other countries, China and Russia, have been stockpiling yeah. and buying up a ton. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: You know it's interesting and, and um there's always been um, demand out there for the central banks of the different governments around around the world and um, and history shows that they've always been a big consumer of metals and in the last few years they were actually dialing back their positions and frankly, what they were doing was taking a stronger position in the dollar uh, not a bad not a bad decision when you think about what the dollar's done in terms of its uh its value. The recent, you know, change in our presidency and, and the way um, the U.S. is viewed internationally, you're seeing banks, from what I'm reading at least, starting to think about the geopolitical elements of having the dollar uh, within their, their overall strategy. And I think what you're seeing is a shifting of of, of money from the dollar to, to gold again. Um, and, and and again, it has it has some logic to it as you start to think about all the international trade issues that have kind of hit the radar with the U.S. pulling itself out of various treaties. I think I think uh, I think world banks are starting to take a really hard look at: do they want to tie, you know, some of their assets, if you will, to to the U.S. government? They'd rather be a little more independent.
0: Yeah, man. got it. So, and, and then just from a very practical standpoint, how how do we know that that a, company, a country is, is is buying gold is that it's obviously public yeah, information
1: it actually is, it's it's uh, you can generally there there is uh, the world gold council uh, I'd, I'd have your re- uh, listeners check into that they do a really nice job of uh, being able to track the movement of metal uh, whether that's into into and out of ETFs, into to government positions, even looking at consumer demand and and investment demand, and they put various reports out on a periodic basis where you can get a pretty good idea of uh, exactly what the changes have been. Uh, how they obtain that data, I, I couldn't tell you. I know some of it they're using. Import export data, but they have other mechanisms, and you know their goal, and and, and frankly, one of my objectives today is to just bring awareness to gold uh, as an option, you know, and, and and making people aware of its its uh, its legitimacy and having it in a portfolio, and and they do a great job of trying to provide as much data and information. To, to consumers where they can digest that and make their own uh, investment decisions. So yeah, that's that's what I've always used as my reference point and is where I, I'd point your listeners.
0: Got it. Fair enough. I'll certainly link to that in the notes of the show. So when when a company buys, or rather a country buys gold, for example, I imagine that
1: they're taking physical possession of it. Yes, that's my understanding as well. And, and they're putting it in their own vaulting um, environments. I mean, most people don't realize the US government actually holds a substantial position in gold as well. Uh, I think we're one of the top five holders of gold in the world right now. So um, yeah, they take a physical possession, it tends to be in large format bars, as you can imagine. And, um, and, you know, it's, 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 there's definitely a, there's definitely a correlation to demand uh, with the with the ver- with the various governments taking a position, and we think long-term potentially even the price of metal because as they take up more and more of that supply, you should see uh, you should just hopefully see a correlation to a raising a rising price in the metal.
0: That would certainly make sense, right? Yeah. If there's a yeah. finite, I, I believe there's a finite amount of of gold. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't necessarily dug it out of the ground yet, but right. as as large for lack of a better term institutional buyers like Russia right. or the United States or China is buying it up then there's going to be scarcity and that will probably have um, caused the the actual price of it to go up then um, I don't I don't want to get too far into the the gold standard that we used to be on but our currency yeah. used to yeah. be actually linked to That's correct. gold and That's I, don't, correct. I don't know if you can talk a little bit about w- w- when it was that we stopped doing that
1: you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not as historian and as, as knowledgeable about some of this, but I I do know to your point. Um, I want to say it was in the early '80s where um, at one point basically the price of gold was was really set by the government. Um, it wasn't uh, freely traded. It wasn't allowed to move, uh, if you will, in value based on supply and demand. And 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 when that change happened, you as naturally you would expect, you started to see consumers take an interest in it as an investment option. Uh, I'd say back really uh, late 90s, uh, mid '90s. Some will even say, even in the early '90s, is where retail demand started to really pick up. And you know, we look at we look at investment demand for gold, and and you know, this this concept of an ETF has been great for overall visibility of gold because I think more consumers find it uh, easier sometimes to take that step than than physical. And so, just bringing that awareness and and allowing it to freely trade in the in the markets has been has been a huge win for the product. Um, you know, and I didn't really cover it earlier, but, you know, our digital offering that we're launching, this product called One Gold, um, it's meant to actually combine the best of physical and the best of, um, of the paper side where it allows people to, 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 to take a, a position of metal um, and know that it's always there and then convert it to physical metal whatever they like. And, and the reason why I bring it up is it's just another way where we hope, uh, we can bring more awareness and make it easier for consumers to take a position in metal, because the more awareness and the more interest in it, and the more options for you to take a position, the more likely it's going to continue to grow in its uh, in its overall presence in, in, in our investment community.
0: So, walk me through a scenario. I let's just use me as an example. I'm interested in in buying gold because I think that I'm looking at other nations buying it, and I think okay, sure. there's probably some wisdom there. Um, right. So, I go on one gold. Um, I buy. Just take me through that, and let's assume that, that I'm not interested in holding it right now, yeah. but maybe in the future.
1: And I think it's a great point, because we do over a billion dollars a year in physical, and we don't mean to cannibalize that business. We we look at physical buyers as kind of being their own animal, and and we're here to support them. But then there are those who want to take a paper position or are comfortable, like you're mentioning, with, uh, with, with online, if you will, e-commerce, and, and comfortable taking a position online. The way OneGold works is we took the best of, uh, of the crypto world, where we're using a blockchain technology to account for ownership interest, we're partnering with the Royal Canadian men up in Canada, they're actually the ones physically holding the metal at all times. What's very, very important for, for our type of investors is they want to know that the metal's always there. They want to know it's secure. They want to know there's no risk when it comes to to the metal. What we've done is is we actually take a position with Royal Canadian Mint. They update the blockchain to show that position. And then I assign ownership of that goal to the consumer. So it makes it super simple for the consumer to know what their ownership interest is and the metal's always there. But then what we did is, and, and many of you even bought a crypto, I went out and did this a couple of years ago just to kind of see what all the jazz was about. And what I really walked away with outside of the fact that it's not tied to really any anything intrinsically is I love the user experience, how easy it was for me to do AML, how easy it was for me to link a bank account or, or to pay with credit card, how easy it was for me to take a position and liquidate a position in a matter of seconds. And that's exactly what OneGoal does. It, it uses modern technology, uh, like two-factor authorization, email confirmation of your account, but then it allows you to leak a bank account. And literally, and one of the ones we're seeing huge adoption on is this concept of, uh, of continuity program where you buy $50 a week in gold and you just set the system up to buy 50 a week. It pulls it out of your checking account automatically and you get dollar cost averaging and you just do that over the course of a period of time that you're comfortable with. And now you're growing your position letting the markets kind of dollar cost average you. So it's concepts like that, like that that you can do in a digital form that you can never do in a physical form. And none of the ETFs could offer these type of services.
0: Nice. Well, that was certainly one of my questions was, is is, is there a minimum that it sounds like? No, maybe, maybe not.
1: Okay. Literally, literally you can, <laughs> literally you can do a dollar. Um, and and that's the <laughs> believe it or not, we actually have people doing that uh, where they do a dollar a day and it just, and because the commerce, the engine is so efficient and using the blockchain, there really is really our costs are fairly low. And probably the biggest thing I didn't highlight is the cost of ownership on this is it's actually cheaper than an ETF. But, you know, it's physically backed. And if you ever want to have a gold eagle ship to you, you go online, you convert it right on the website. We don't make it hard for you. You convert it right on the website, and it ships same day right to your home. Uh, and Atmix does a fulfillment for it. So it's a it's a combination of things that I think uh, there'll be broader interest in in the future. Um, we're seeing nice adoption. I think our revenues are doubling pretty much every month right now. But we also know that there's going to have to be a continued evolution in the markets to be comfortable with with concepts like a, like a digital gold product.
0: Got it. All right, so taking possession of it, I can just go on the website and say I would like this and, and you guys will send it to me. Uh, from a, a resale standpoint, how, how liquid is the market?
1: You know, um, and that's probably, I would say, on the on the physical side, um, premiums have kind of dialed back a little bit, uh, mainly because retail demand for the product has been off from from its highs of, you know, 15, 16, 2011, some great years. Um, so there's been a little bit of a spread growth, I would argue, on the physical side. On the digital side, it's, it's, it's all front and center. It's right there for you to see. Um, it's between right now it's running about a 30 basis point spread. So, you take a position and you know two years later you want to liquidate it. It's about a 30 basis point spread when you do that, which is pretty reasonable when you think about the fact that you have the option of taking physical. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely a, a changing market and we recognize that in the long term, um, you know, there are opportunities for products like this to where we could actually offer yield. George, and you know, and, and what if I could offer yield on a gold product with no fees? It, it is possible when you're dealing with this type of product. And leveraging the blockchain and, and its efficiencies very
0: cool well ken savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them
1: i think the biggest thing that i i just want to drive home to your listeners is is to evaluate your options from a divers, diversification standpoint you know go do your research on gold and silver um and and see if it's something that fits for you you know i never really imagined owning gold 70 years ago before i joined Atmex. Now I'm a believer, not just because I run the company, but because I see its merits from a portfolio standpoint. So my biggest thing is, you know, always look at diversifying your your portfolio, be smart about it, and um, and if you you can become comfortable with gold, um, I would definitely consider having it as a percentage of your portfolio. I think that
0: that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Ken, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they learn about the company and One Gold?
1: Yeah, I think there's really two URLs, right? Atmex, apmex.com. Uh, we do over a billion dollars a year in, in revenue. We uh, are the largest player out there. Uh, been around for 19 years. Uh, great company to do business with. And then One Gold, a brand new entity. Been live for about three months now at one-o-n-e-gold, G-O-L-D dot com. Take a look at both of those. And uh, we have a great customer service team. Um, they'll answer the phones very quickly or do chat. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ken your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to apmex, A-P-M-E-X.com and onegold.com. I'll link to those in the notes. Thank you again, Ken.
1: Thanks for your time, buddy.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight, because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!